Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. You honor us by finding us and listening in. We pray this sermon stirs up your love for Jesus and grows you in your faith. But before we begin, we ask that you not let this podcast, or any podcast for that matter, replace the local church in your life. You need to be a member of a local congregation and under the shepherding of that flock's pastor. So please become part of a local church if you aren't currently. If you'd like more information about our church, please go to www.mountzionchula.org. Enjoy our podcast. I hope I can bring some sense to what homecoming is really all about today. And it's good to look out and see the church with all of our members. Uh, We're getting back to where we used to be. Uh, Everybody's been struggling, you know, trying to get over this uh, pandemic stuff. But thank you for being here today. And Aaron, thank you for asking me to sharing the message this morning. If you've got your Bibles, I'd like to ask you to open to Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8, and I'm going to read this in a little different way than what is printed in the Bible because I can't pronounce all the names that are there. So I might just say a bunch of guys, okay? We'll get over it. This message is about how joy and satisfaction comes from hearing the word. Not only hearing the word, but understanding the word and then taking that understanding and applying it to your life. Applying it to a a community of fellowship around you. So listen to what the scripture has to say, beginning there in verse 5 of Nehemiah chapter 8. Ezra opened the book in full view for all the people, since he was elevated above everyone else. And he opened it, and all the people stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, with their Hands uplifted, the people said, Amen, Amen. And then they bowed down and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites explained the law to the people as they stood in the place. They read out of the book of the law of God, translating and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was read. Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to all of them, this day is holy. Holy to the Lord. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping as they heard the word of the law. And then he said to them, go and eat what is rich, drink what is sweet, and send portions to those who have nothing prepared, since today is holy to our Lord. 
Do not grieve because the joy of the Lord is your stronghold. And the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still. Since today is holy, do not grieve. And then all the people began to eat and drink and send portions and have a great celebration because they had understood the, the word that was explained to them. This scripture tells us that joy comes from satisfaction in hearing, understanding, and living what the Word of God has to say to us. And we can try to add our own thoughts to that. And most of the time when we try to add our own thoughts to that, we mess up what God has directed for us to, to abide by, what God expects us to, to learn and use and stick to it. We forget to do that so many times. Scripture says that he said to them, Go your way and eat the fat and drink sweet wine. Send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Isn't that what we want? That strength that comes because we uh, have seen just how joyous God can make each and every one of us to touch other people's lives, to lift up those that are down and outcast, to show love to people that so many times have gone through life and they've never felt that touch of God through me or you or anybody else that shows them they are loved. That's one of the greatest things we can do and offer to anyone. Robert Louis Stevens once entered in his diary what he considered to be an extraordinary thing. He said, I have been to church today, and surprisingly, I'm not depressed. Go get that. I've been to church today, and surprisingly, I'm not depressed. I'm not down, and I'm not out. I feel uplifted because I went to church today. Robert Frost said this, Joy comes from the satisfaction of hearing God's word, understanding and applying it to our lives in the community of fellowship, Home is the place where when you have to go there, I like this, they have to take you in. <laughs> I've looked forward to this day since Aaron asked me several weeks ago if I would preach this morning. It's a special time. goes all the way back to 1986. And all during that time, 
confusion. I knew I had a, a church full of folks that loved me. And I tried my best to love you back. And that hadn't changed. I still see it every day. I hope you're wired up for this day and this celebration. Pastor was invited to preach church homecoming. He saw a little old lady who said, Preacher, since the last time I saw you, I had all my teeth pulled out and a new refrigerator put in. <laughs> Let's don't let that be the reason we're here today. <laughs> so you can get all your teeth pulled out and a new refrigerator put in. A lot of us have gone through changes over the last year, and yet the Lord has been good to us everywhere we turned and everything we did. He was there to bless us. New teeth, new appliances, new manners of, of blessings that just keep pouring in and, and going through us. As I sit there and thought, Aaron, about this message this morning, I thought about all the times that we walked out to that cemetery and said goodbye to loved ones. And we looked at their family and we saw the hurt they had in their heart. And we had that same hurt in our hearts. And it's something that uh, we will have to deal with because a lot has happened since last year. We've seen some joys. We've seen laughter. We've experienced sickness, heartache, even shed tears. Some of us have lost loved ones. leaders in this church but today we celebrate we celebrate by coming together praising God hearing good music we're going to go down and gather around the table and eat our hearts out and now we're going to fill our stomachs is what we're going to do but we're going to go down there and we're going to fellowship with one another and I hope that through all that takes place here today, that one thing that you do more than anything else is to remember what this church has meant to you and your family and realize that you are loved by Mount Zion Baptist Church. Don't ever, ever forget that. We've seen joys and we've seen laughter. 
And these days, we have seen seasons come and seasons go. But one thing we know, God takes care of his children. Amen. These days called homecoming fulfill a great need in our life. It's a time where we consider the past, where we think about our heritage. This auditorium that you're sitting in today is so much different than what it was in 1986 when I first came to Mount Zion Baptist Church. There wasn't near as many pews. They were all green colored. That was the color back then. There was just a little glass door on the outside going out. And since then, this whole sanctuary has been refurbished, expanded. There used to be just a little square thing on the outside that opened to glass doors, and that was going outside when you left. But God gives us the memories of those days and look at what we have now and we're so thankful for what he's chosen to do for each and every one of us. It's a quality that we humans have to be able to consider our days in light of eternity. Because you see, this is just on the journey of us getting to where God truly wants us to be. This is where it starts. And all the souls here and the lives that are lived, he desires that the number one thing we do is focus on him. And oh, how we love the blessings he gives us, amen? Oh, how we desire to feel his presence in our life. And so when you think about that, a homecoming, on the big sense of the word, is not what we're doing here in the church today. It's truly going home. And that home is going to be with God. And Jesus is going to reach out with his arms wide open to wrap them around us and welcome us into that place that every one of us ought to be longing for heaven the idea of homecoming is not something that's new it goes way back to the old testament at least 2700 years before uh, 
the days when the children of Israel were restored to their land and having been, they'd been in exile in Babylon for over 70 years. It's a long story. Don't get upset. I'm not going to do the whole story this morning. It's a long story that covers several years, but the short version is that by God's provision, the king, Artaxerxes, of the Medes and the Persians had released the captive people of Israel and allowed them to return to their homeland with his blessings and sponsorship. He did it in several phases. In the first round, he sent about 50,000 people back, and they were equipped with everything they needed and his blessings to rebuild Jerusalem. It had laid in ruins for many years. There were several key players in that trip. Nehemiah was the governor who was the great architect and leader who implemented the rebuilding of the great walls around the city. Ezra was the scribe and the priest who was the theologian and very much a pastor to all the people. There was the high priest, Zechariah, who was used by God to lead his people back to worship, the kind of worship that God desired. And there was a governor named Zerubbabel, who God had placed as head of the newly reformed state. The prophet Haggai preached and prophesied during that era as well. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, we find that great homecoming. After months and months of hard work, the wall had been rebuilt around the ruins of Jerusalem and the platform had been erected. It was the first step in rebuilding the temple that had been destroyed those years before. It was a far cry though from the glory days that they had all experienced and had treasured as they saw that beautiful, beautiful temple pointing to God and thanking him for the glory. But it was somewhere they had to start. And the returning exiles had worked hard to bring it about. And now it was complete. Many of the older ones were very young in those old days. They remembered the glory of the Lord shining brightly as the sacrifices were made uh, in the former temple, and, and they had worked feverishly to prepare the Feast of the Trumpets this day. And it was a homecoming. They had a feast like we're going to have in just a few minutes. They couldn't wait to revisit their roots. And even like it is today, there are some of you that are here that uh, you may be going to another church, but you come here today to be a part of this gathering and worship and praising God. It is a day of celebration. For them, Rosh Hashanah was a celebration that was observed all over the world by the Orthodox and the Messianic Jewish Christians. It was a very magnificent, significant day to God's people. And I feel a real connection to those people today. 
I think of some of those that we looked up to who have passed away and gone on to be with the Lord. They're enjoying what we will be able to enjoy. I mean, it's good to know you got God with you, that he's blessing your life. But it's going to be even better when Jesus meets us at the gate and lets us in and welcomes us with his arms open wide to experience God in all of his glory. Gathering together here today, as good as it is, won't even be a match to that. And God loves celebrations. I believe that. He invites us to celebrate his goodness, to celebrate his love, to celebrate his provisions that he pours out upon us all the time, to, to, to use those celebrations of, of tradition to point us along the, the, the path that he has designed for us. Because understand one thing. The church has a purpose. And inside the church are you and I. And he has a purpose for us to touch all those around us. Those that we may work with. Those that live next door to us. He wants us to use those opportunities to let them see what God has done in our lives and what he can do in other people's lives as well. Because that's his love that goes out above everything that we do. And, and so what I want you to do is I want you to, to, to make a mental journey with me in your mind's eyes. I see, first of all, that it was a holy call of God for the people to assemble. And it was to be, first of all, a day of unity and one accord. And the people, the scripture said, gathered as one man. There was no separation. There was no difference. And God's called us to, to live the Christian life in common unity. Community. The Christian life that God's ordained for us cannot be lived successfully in isolation where you're separated from God. Those early followers gathered with purpose that day. It wasn't random, and it wasn't something that was simply a, a, a tradition that they'd gone through year after year, month after month, week after week. From the days of the Old Testament, through the time of Christ and beyond, the Lord calls us, the scripture admonishes us to gather.
God calls his people to this sacred assembly that we call church. Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. It is a manner of some, but exhorting one another to so much the more as you see the day approaching. And I know we don't know when it's coming. But we ought to be getting prepared for it. Amen? Because when it comes, it's going to be too late. And all the crying, and all the apologizing, and all the reasoning behind what someone might have felt when that eastern sky breaks loose. It's too late. And gathering together doesn't occur in a deer stand or a golf course or a fishing boat or laying in bed. It happens when the saints of God gather together with one another to worship and praise Him, period. Because we show in that one way how much, how much we need Him, how much He means to us. We show Him our willingness to walk the walk that he has chosen us. Romans 15, 5. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you a like mind toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, God designed for his people to gather together in one accord to come to this place we call church. And when you get there, you're in one mindset. And that is focusing your attention on God. Digging down into his word and listening in your heart to what he is revealing to you that he wants you to do. When you read that scripture out of Nehemiah, you see you, go, you can see where the people were listening to what was being said and they understood the sense of it. It wasn't wasted. The Word of God has to be the center, the apex of the community of faith. And so when the people gathered, Ezra read the law of the Lord, which was the scripture to the ancient Jewish people. And they took God's law to heart. And they would allow it to penetrate their heart. It would show them where they were falling short. Anybody here hadn't fallen short lately? Oh, we're getting some honesty here, ain't we? <laughs> all the time, huh? We all do. When you worship God, it's on a personal level 
even if you're inside the church. When you worship God, you pay attention to what the scripture has to say. Romans 15.5, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what's so great about the scripture that I read out of Nehemiah? They were doing that. And the scripture says, and they understood the sense of it. The purpose of it. The reason for it. The word of God became the center the apex of a community of faith gathered together to focus on God. And when the people gathered, Ezra read the law of the Lord. And you know what? It hadn't changed. He hadn't added anything new to it. It's still right there. And how many times do we Walk away from it. And what he wants is for us to, to love him, to rejoice in him. Not only out of a book, not only out of a screen, a television set, but worship him out of our love where we experience him as being the one that's the closest to us. You know who taught me that? I saw that in my wife's life early on. And I watched, she got me going to church. Sometimes she had to say, I'm going to get this broom after you if you don't get going. But you going. And that was the one thing that changed my whole life from what it was to what it has become. But you know what? I still got to grow. I still got to get closer. I still got to do whenever God says, Larry, get going. And we all should be there at that point, listening to what God says. Homecoming is a day of memories. It's a day of going back and letting all those times where we remembered a Sunday school teacher, a nursery worker, a piano organ player, someone that stood out and we looked at them and said, that's who I want to follow. They're walking 
the right path. Wouldn't it be great if every one of us in here knew that somebody thought that about us? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this homecoming. We thank you for the joy that we have in you, the love that we experience coming from you. And Father, we pray that you will just bless us the remainder of this day and all that's going to be taking place. Father, we pray. We pray for your blessings on Mount Zion Baptist Church, on this community of faith that's touching folks for Jesus. For it's in Christ's name that I pray. And all God's people said,